How do you find the secret to living the life that you really want to be living? You already know, actually. You're listening to The Academic Imperfectionist. I'm Dr Rebecca Roach. I'm a coach and a philosopher at the University of London. And week by week, I'll be drawing on philosophical analysis and coaching insights to help you dump perfectionism and flourish on your own terms. Welcome, team imperfectionist. So in the last episode, Bitch, Do You Even Dream?, I dealt with the problem that a big obstacle in the way of many of us living our ideal life is that we don't even know what our ideal life would look like. And we don't know what it would look like because we won't even allow ourselves to imagine what it would be like. Now, in that episode, I gave you a couple of strategies for getting in touch with your vision for what your ideal life would look like. One of those was the so-called Disney method. And the other one was the Wheel of Life download. And if you've done those, you should have quite a detailed sketch by now of what your ideal life is like. The next step is to work out how do you get from where you are now to your ideal life? And when you think about that, that question is probably fraught with anxiety. All sorts of questions might pop into your mind, like, what if it doesn't work out? What if I'm not the right sort of person to have that life? What if I'm too lazy or too unmotivated or too distracted or too self-sabotaging? What if people judge or criticise me? What if I don't get there? Isn't it safer just not to try? What if discrimination, injustice and other factors beyond my control could prevent me from getting there? More on that last one in the next episode. What I want to suggest to you in this episode is that you already know what you need to do to get to your ideal life. You just need to tune into that part of yourself. You don't always hear it because the anxious, fearful part of you is too loud and your inner critic is shouting you down. It wants you to stay in your comfort zone and not to take any risks. I sometimes actually find it helpful to think of the inner critic as more like an inner helicopter parent. So it's a part of you that wants to keep you wrapped up in cotton wool and protected, not to take any risks, which, while keeping you safe, is preventing you from living a really satisfying life. And I'm going to give you a strategy for how to overcome the anxieties that you might feel about getting from where you are now to getting to the life that you'd really like to be living and to get clarity about what you need to do. Now, just as an aside, everything I'm telling you to do in these episodes is stuff that I've done myself and I found useful. And it's stuff that my clients have found useful too. And actually, when I look back on how much I've grown over the past eight months when I started seeing my coach, I'm really shocked both at the progress I've made and at the fact that I was so blinkered before and so influenced by fear and anxiety. Maybe all that's a story for another episode. Now, the strategy that I'm going to present to you is made up of two steps. Step one is fully imaginatively inhabiting your ideal life. And step two is from that point of view of inhabiting your ideal life, explain how you got there. I'm going to talk about these steps one by one. So step one, imaginatively inhabit your ideal life. Now, in the last episode, we touched on what that might involve. I talked about the Disney method for freeing yourself to dream and just take an anything's possible approach to constructing the sort of life that you'd like to have. So I want you to add some details to that. I want you to spend some time 
walking yourself through a typical day in your ideal life. And that's going to involve answering questions like, what do you think about when you wake up? What's the first thing you do? And then what's next? And after that, how are you feeling? So what's your overriding emotion? If you could capture the feel of living your ideal life in one word, what would it be? What's happening in your body? Which parts of your body are tense? Which parts are relaxed? Do you feel any warmth? Where are you feeling it? What can you see, hear, smell and feel? What sorts of things are you saying to yourself? What's your pace of life like? Does it feel hurried, lively, spacious, easy, clustered, airy, bustling? And really, try to be a poet here, not a philosopher. Don't get too analytic about the language you use. Who do you see? And what do you talk about and do with them? How do you view your future from the point of view of your ideal life? What images, words, colours, sounds, sensations does thinking about the future from the perspective of your ideal life evoke? And again, be a poet, not a philosopher about this. How do you feel when you think about money? How are you affected by criticism, envy, disapproval and judgment from others? You get the idea. What I'm trying to get you to do is really climb into your ideal life Immerse yourself in it, in your imagination. Give yourself the HD, 3D, surround sound, hyper real experience of it. And don't just sit there and visualise it. Write it down. Write a description of your ideal life in the present tense. So don't use statements like, I would like to, or ideally I will. Use statements like, I am. So some examples might be, I'm leading my own research group studying what interests me most. Or I always have enough money. Or I'm in a loving, respectful, supportive and fulfilling relationship. And once you've articulated these, which can be an ongoing process, of course, say these things to yourself often. Write them down on post-it notes and stick them where you'll see them every day. Meditate on them if that's your thing. Use them as your affirmations. Now, why am I asking you to do this? Well, because visualisation is a powerful tool. It's something that's used quite a lot in professional sport. You might have come across some of those studies showing that imagining doing certain exercises produces the sorts of physical effects that you'd usually only expect to see if you were actually doing those exercises. And there are countless well-known quotations pointing to the power of visualisation. So a couple of really famous ones. There's Muhammad Ali's, if my mind can conceive it and my heart can believe it, then I can achieve it. And there's Oprah Winfrey's, anything you can imagine, you can create. Now, part of this visualisation exercise is simply about familiarising yourself with where you're trying to get to. So knowing more about the destination or the end state so that you'll have a better idea about how to get there. And another reason to do this sort of visualisation exercise is that there is great value in accepting this version of yourself. There's great value in identifying with the version of yourself that's living your ideal life. One way in which it's valuable is brought out in a 2008 study in which people were asked to consider their willingness to take Zeltor, which was a fictional and completely safe drug that would temporarily improve certain mental capacities, either concentration or people's feeling of comfort when meeting new people. So the researchers asked their participants, how willing would you be to take Zeltor? And Zeltor was presented to them with one of two taglines. One was the tagline, 
become who you are, which was supposed to represent Zeltor as enabling one's true self, to use the actual words of the researchers. The other tagline was become more than who you are. And that one was supposed to represent enhancing or adding to one's true self. Now, that study found that people expressed more willingness to take Zeltor when it was presented to them as enabling their true self compared to when it was presented as enhancing their true self. And what this illustrates is that we are more motivated to enable our true selves than to enhance or add on to what we are. And the lesson for us can be that the more you identify with the version of you that is living your ideal life, the more realising your ideal life will involve enabling who you are and the more motivated you'll be to do that. On the other hand, if you view the ideal life version of you as kind of me but extra, then the process of realising your ideal life is an enhancement, an optional add-on, and you'll be less motivated to achieve it. So that step one really takes seriously the exercise of imaginatively inhabiting your ideal life. What you want to end up with is a conviction that that's you. It's not merely a version of what you would be if your life had gone differently or if you were a different sort of person. It's you. And once you've done that, you're ready for step two, which is to tell yourself how you got there. And you already know, you already know what you need to do to get your ideal life. You might have noticed this when you were imagining living your ideal life, that even as you're thinking, how do I get to this? There's a part of you that knows what you need to be doing. It's just that what that part of you is saying is very faint and difficult to hear above the noise that your fear and doubt and anxiety makes. All the, but what if I fail? And the, but I'm not that sort of person. And the, who the hell am I to aim for all that? That's the noise that you can hear at the moment. And the thing is, the more that you try to tune in to that knowledge of how you get to your ideal life, the better you get at hearing it. And the better you get at hearing the alarm bells that sound when you're getting sidetracked. And to help you, here's a strategy that you can use. So imagine that six months, a year, five years from now, you are living your ideal life and you run into an old friend who you haven't seen since you were living the life that you currently have. And you decide to go for a coffee and catch up. And your friend asks how things are and you tell her and she says, I'm so happy for you that everything's turned out so well. How did you get there? And you respond with, here's what I did. Now, how would you continue? What would you say next? The chances are that you're going to have to say things like, I realised I needed to overcome dot, dot, dot. And I stopped caring about dot, dot, dot. I found the courage to, I decided I was no longer going to put up with, etc. How would you fill in those gaps? Now, one way to do this exercise is to work together with a friend who's also doing it and have a sort of role playing conversation where you're actually having to explain from the perspective of living your ideal life, how you got there, what you needed to do while addressing another person. Why am I suggesting you do this? Well, a big obstacle to your success is anxiety and fear about things not working out. And so telling your story from a perspective where things have worked out makes those anxieties irrelevant. It makes stepping outside your comfort zone worthwhile because you get to see what you could enjoy 
if you don't give in to anxiety and fear, it makes it achievable because it's you explaining all this. And it makes you present it as not something that's unattainable, but something that you can do starting now. And so take the time to write it all down because the story you're telling is the instruction manual that you need. There's a link to a downloadable template you can use for this in the show notes. And one really important thing to bear in mind through all this is there's no such thing as failure here. Every step you make towards where you want to be is a victory because it's an improvement on what you have now. So don't view this vision of your ideal life as a tripwire in the future, a new way to fail. Yet another thing that you might not achieve. It's something to inspire you and motivate you and give you direction. And the way towards it is paved with wins. So keep dreaming, keep imagining, keep breaking through the glass ceilings you've created for yourself, as my coach Rumbi says. And think of these sorts of exercises in visualisation, imagination and seeing things from the perspective of the future as skills that you can develop. They're like muscles that get stronger the more you exercise them and they're going to help you move towards where you want to be. Good luck and see you next time. I'm Dr Rebecca Roach and you've been listening to The Academic Imperfectionist. If you enjoyed the episode, please subscribe on whatever podcast app you like to use. For more information and updates about the podcast, my coaching, or just to get in touch and say hi, please visit the website at academicimperfectionist.com. Follow me on Twitter at Academic Imp or on Facebook at Academic Imperfectionist. Thanks for listening and see you next time. Oh.